And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Quickly, if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Acts chapter 6, verse 15. I think last Sunday, we left off speaking from Acts 6, verse 15, where we were told that all who sat in the council in the Sanhedrin, or Sanhedrin as I've heard it sometimes, they all had a fixed gaze on Stephen. Amen? Because they saw his face was like that of an angel. Amen? There was a glow in his face. That's what happens when you stay in the presence of God. You get a glow. Amen? When you stay and you fellowship with God, there is a glory that you experience that comes in the form of a glow and that's what happened to Stephen here we are told continually that Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit and he was full of faith and these are some of the characteristics these are some of the attributes we need in these last days all Christians should be full of the Holy Spirit amen full of faith Amen? Entrenched, immersed in God's word. And so we are told, let me just warn you, though, when that does happen to you, you're going to get in trouble with religious people. Let me say that again. When you get full of the Holy Spirit, you'll get full of faith. Amen? You're going to get in trouble with religious people. Because religious people, they like history. Amen? Religious people like history. And they don't understand. Well, let me be specific. The Jewish leaders, they loved Jewish history. Amen? They loved Jewish history. And they loved to talk about God, not about Jesus specifically. Are you with me, saints? But they loved to talk about God because God is general. According to them, there are numerous gods out there. I think the Indians have how many? Five million? <laughs> But when you talk about Jesus, you take it down to a specific God. And that's when we have, that's when you run into problems with religious people. Amen? And so Stephen is there standing. We just read, we just sung a while ago. We make miracle worker. The, the song didn't say history maker. No, no, no. No, we make a miracle. Some people only know him as history maker, history maker. Amen. We are not interested in history. We're interested in the way maker, Jesus himself. He made a way. He said, I am the way. John 14, 6. I am the truth and I'm the life. And that's the God I'm interested in, the way maker, the miracle worker. Amen. You know, we need to know him in these last days as way maker. Amen. Way maker has got to get real in these last days. Because way maker means he's your real source. And not people. Amen. Well, God, I give you praise. He's, there is a time in our Christian life, he's got to become way maker for real. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. Not history maker. But way. <laughs> I was listening to that song and the phrase just crossed my mind. Now, I'm not history maker. I'm a way maker. Hallelujah. So, we are told here in Acts chapter 6 verse 15, I suppose. We all got it. That was a long introduction. <laughs> the text reads, And all that sat in the council, 
looking steadfastly on Stephen, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. The council, we are told from history, that's the Jewish Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. The Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin. It was like the Jewish, the Jewish, sorry, Supreme Court. And it consisted of 71, 71, and when I say 71, I'm referring to 70 elders plus one, the high priest. Amen. Who was the chief counselor, so to speak. And, uh, you know, the idea of the 70 members was adopted from Numbers chapter 11. That's where you get the number 70. God told Moses, I want you to get 70 elders. Amen. Moses, uh, Numbers chapter 11, verse 16 to 17. I want you to get 70 elders. I want you to bring them before me. Amen. In the presence of everybody. And then I'm going to, God told Moses, I'm going to take some of the spirit that's on you. I'm going to take some of the spirit that's on you. Let me not paraphrase. Let's just read the text. Is that all right? Let's read the text. The reason I want to read the text is because I want to show you how these guys, they have devolved over the years. Devol dev let me say it again. Devolved from the original assignment. And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people. You got to know these people. They got to labor among you. Amen. You know them. You know they are. Not what they say they are, not what they say they are, but you know who they are because they do what they say. Let me say that again. They do what they say. These are people who labor in the vineyard, amen. And what else? Verse 17, quickly. The text reads, And I will come down and talk with you there, and I will take of the spirit which is upon you. The man had an anointing on him to do what he was doing. Let me say that again. Moses had an anointing on him to do what he was doing. And God said, that enablement that's on you need to be on the elders if they're going to lead like you. Or if they're going to represent me. Because you have what you have because I gave it to you. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. And so he said, and I will take up the spirit which is upon you. And, and listen, brothers and sisters, I want you to know, I want you to know what Moses had wasn't his. God gave it to him. We got to keep that in perspective. Amen. I've heard a lot of people say, well, it's me and my anointing. Me and my anointing. <laughs> when they came to John the Baptist and they said to John the Baptist um, uh, Jesus ministry is increasing and yours is decreasing John the Baptist said a man only has what the Lord has given him man I wish a lot of us recognized that he said a man only can have what the Lord has given him so if he hasn't given you, you anything then you wait well let me move along here let me move along. the Christian life is so sweet and so easy isn't, isn't, that, isn't that right or isn't that right? Don't get yourself frustrated. It's a wonderful life. Enjoy it. Amen. Just enjoy it. Praise the Lord. So he said, and I will put upon them and they shall bear the burden of the people. That is why you need that anointing. It comes with a burden. It comes with responsibility. It comes with treating people right. God is going to entrust you with people and give you influence and authority. Ah, let me move on here. Of, with the people that you bear it not yourself alone. 
And so you can see, brothers and sisters, from this right here, these 70 men, it seems like they did not know the origin of the 70. They had devolved from the original, from the original assignment, and it's clear here. And so, uh, um, uh, during the time of Jesus, this group of men, I said, they, uh, they had devolved into a, and that's what I want to talk about, a satanically motivated gang who opposed God. It seems like that was their duty. Anybody who came, anybody who came talking about Jesus Christ, it was their duty to oppose them. You see, what happened was Jesus grew up in Nazareth. They considered Nazareth to be nothing. Jesus Amen. And Jesus didn't go to the seminaries. <laughs> Let me say that again. Jesus did not go to the seminaries. So they were mad. And they missed it. Praise the Lord. Nothing against, sem nothing against seminaries. Praise the Lord. I went, to, I went to one. Praise God. <laughs> but I'm just saying, brothers and sisters, there is revelation knowledge on the written word that you can only get from God. Amen. You cannot teach people revelation knowledge. Praise the Lord. Amen. And glory be to God. So, so here we have Stephen standing against 71 men. I think I do have an exhibit. Can you show the exhibit quickly before I, I move forward? Let me show you what the sun, what the Sanhedrin looked like. Where Stephen stood and defended the gospel. The first matter. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. It's right here. It was called the hall, where they met in the temple was called the hall of hewn stones. When Herod built the temple, the new temple, when Herod built it, he built a place for the Sanhedrin, the Jewish Supreme Court to meet. Praise the Lord. You go back in the Old Testament and find out whether or not there was such a court in Solomon's temple. Nothing like that was mentioned in Solomon's temple. Are you with me? The same temple that they are ranting and raving about, a politician built it for them. Let me say that again. A politician, a totalitarian masquerading as an independent. Herod. <laughs> Amen. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. So since, uh, 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 you know, I wanted to show you the exhibit. Let's move on. Our special importance, though, when the exhibit comes up, I want to show you. Our special importance is the way they sat the way they sat so this is it right here this is where stephen would stand this is the accused 35 men here 35 men here the high priest as you can see he's the one who's controlling the session then uh, of course this is what i want to show you here these 70 men they sat on elevated seats and the reason why they sat on elevated seats is because the intention was to terrorize the accused. So they are all looking down at Stephen, glaring down at him. But guess who is being terrorized? They were being terrorized because Stephen's face is still glowing with the presence of God. He's still, he's still filled with the Holy Ghost. Brothers and sisters, how many of you would agree? You need to be full of the Holy Ghost, full of faith, to stand up against 71 satanically motivated men. You need God on your side. And he stood there, glory be to Jesus, and defended the faith. Isn't that a blessing? This is the temple, and this is where exactly Herod built 
right here, the red here. This is where Herod built the hall of hewn stones so the Jewish, Jewish leaders could have their court, court proceeding, so to speak. Amen? As I said, it was never, never in the original temple when Solomon built it. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for showing, for, uh, showing the exhibit. So, so brothers and sisters, uh, uh, verse 7, can you go to chapter 7 now? Chapter 7, chapter 7, verse 1. We're moving on. Chapter 7, verse 6. Verse 15 was the last chapter of, verse six, of chapter 16. Verse 15, last chapter of verse 16. We're moving on to, we are moving on to verse number 1 of chapter 7. And so while Stephen is standing there with his face, his face glowing, the other one's been terrorized. The high priest, the high priest, just showed you where he sat. The high priest began the legal proceedings. And the very first question he asked Stephen was, are these things so? Now the high priest must have been Caiaphas. I'm not sure if you know anything about uh, Jewish history, but Caiaphas was the high priest until AD 36. So he must have been the same one who, who led Jesus' uh, <laughs> proceedings. He was the one who must have done that. And so maybe he was this very same man. So we have the Lord, we have Caiaphas, who orchestrated the Lord's court proceedings. Then we have the Lord's servant, Stephen. Uh, also, you remembered. The, the 12 apostles stood, stood before these same men. You remember in Acts chapter 5, chapter 4, 5 and 6. They stood. So you see Jesus said, Jesus said there's going to come a time when men will do that. They will drag you to the courts and try to demean you because of me. That's why I said when you get full of the Holy Spirit, full of faith, you'll run into religious people and there'll be, amen, some turbulence. But don't you fear, God said, I am with you always, even unto the end. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? It's going to be all right. So he said, are these things so? Mm, the proceedings began. Are these things so? As the witness testifies. So he's asking, Stephen, what they said, is it so? You know, it reminds me, this, this statement reminds me of, of a familiar phrase. How do you plead? The charges against you guilty or not guilty? <laughs> Stephen, are these things so? Can you please explain yourself in light of the accusations recorded in Acts chapter 6, verse 11 and to 14? You remember we said that. The accusations, they were blasphemy against Moses and God, blasphemy against the holy place, the temple and blasphemy against the law and they had even accused him of saying that jesus would destroy accused him of saying that jesus said he would destroy look jesus died resurrected went to heaven but they cannot stop talking about him amen they said he said jesus would destroy the temple amen and the customs delivered to us by Moses. These are the, educa these are the accusations. And, and let me just say that as I, as I take some time to introduce the text. I have a lot of information. And forgive me if I'm talking quick. I think I'm going to slow down. Amen. As we go through chapter 7. You'll see that Stephen's response. Is not a defense. Amen. It's not a defense. Stephen wasn't interested in defending himself. 
He hadn't committed any crime. He simply wanted to proclaim the truth about Jesus in a way people could understand. That's all he wanted to do. He took the opportunity to do that. All he wanted to do is to give them a better understanding of what the Jewish, Jewish, the Jewish history meant. And Stephen knew Jewish history converged in Jesus. But they missed it. Stephen could have pulled out one of the big ten in Exodus chapter 20, verse 16, it says, Thou shalt not be a false witness <laughs> against your neighbor. He could have done that, amen? But he did not, because he was not seeking an acquittal from the Sanhedrin. Praise God. Oh, what a blessing. You know, I was going through the text yesterday and last evening, and I remembered in 1997-998 at seminary at the Center for Biblical Studies, we were, doing, we were going through the text. And I'm saying, is this the same text I went through in, 19, in 1997-1998? God's word, it's, God's word is ever living. It is alive. Isn't that a blessing? Oh God, we give you praise. So what Stephen wanted to show the leaders, don't forget what the, what the accusation was. Blasphemy against the temple, against Moses, against God. And Stephen wants to deal with this first, the first blasphemy they accused him of, and that is the temple. He wants to show them. Amen? He wants to show them from his speech that God never confined himself to one place. God never confined himself to one place. The Jewish people had a habit that's the second thing I wanted to show them. The Jewish people had a habit of rejecting those God sent to them. And as you see, he's going to start with Abraham. Then he's going to start from Abraham. He's going to move to Moses. You remember God sent Moses, praise God, to them the first time. Praise the God. You remember that? God sent Moses the first time. The first time he sent Moses, they rejected Moses. You say how? This is how. When Moses left Pharaoh's house and he took a walk and he saw... The Israelites fighting against one another. The Bible said he thought they would have understood God sent him. Are you with me? So what he did, he intervened. Praise God and, and killed, murdered the Egyptian who was ill-treating the Israelites. Little Moses knew that they had him on recording Facebook Live. <laughs> they had him live. He was on Facebook, uh, um, Instagram, uh, Tweet, Tweet. What's the other? Uh, Twitter. Thank you. They had him live everywhere. He didn't know that. <laughs> he ran for his life. But the second time he came, and he's showing them a pattern. You remember Joseph? The first time Joseph presented himself to his brothers after the dream. What did they do? They sold him. But the second time they came, he was their deliverer. And he's showing them a, a habit. And since we have to be very careful, we have, we as brothers and sisters, we got to be so careful because we will miss God. Most times the first time around. Let me get into the text. And that's all I want to bring to your attention. We got to be very careful, amen. Now Stephen is aware that they love history. They take pride in their history. They love talking about the law of Moses, the Mosaic law and the, the temple. And as I said, they love, talking, they love talking about God in general. Don't give them, don't talk about Jesus. Give them God all day. And somebody may be saying, so what, some of you may be saying, so what's wrong with God? What's, 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 nothing is wrong with God. It's just that 
Everything is a God for some people. So we have to be specific. We have to talk about Jesus. That's who separates. Are you with me? When you talk about Jesus, you're talking about somebody specific. It's no longer vague. Jesus wants to be personal. And that's what Stephen is saying. You'll have some vague religion. It's not personal. God never wanted to dwell. Can, can, can I be honest with you, sins? Can I tell you this right here? The reason why, you know God never came up with the idea of a temple. God wanted a tabernacle. Even in the text, at the end, Stephen is talking about a tabernacle. The tabernacle. Because the reason why God, the reason why there was a temple is because David said, you know I live in a paneled house and God lives in a tabernacle. We got to break it up. We got to break it down. Put it back up. But that's what God wanted to do. God just wanted to hang around with his people. That's all God wanted. And so David said, you know, I'm going to make God a temple. And God said, no, your hands are not good hands. You've murdered a lot of people. So he said, your son will do it. So God indulged him. But that was not God's original intention. The temple, one thing about the temple is that it is heavily partitioned. God never wanted that partition. He wanted to be available to his people anytime, anywhere, anyhow. That was never God's intention. Well, if you follow the text, some of you may be saying, I'm going to home and check on that. Do that. Go home and, because I checked on it. <laughs> Amen. No, it was not God's intention for temple. You see, in the temple, you have the court of the women, the court of the men. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what some people, some people like division. God doesn't like that. That's why we are told in Ephesians, in Ephesians, and we'll get into it, that when Christ came, he, he broke down the wall of partition. That's what he did. You remembered at the very time Jesus died, when Jesus died, the Bible says the veil in the temple. The veil that separated people from God. Are you with me? The veil who let some people thought they had it going on. The high priest who think that he was the high, make it a make it a marks in Christianity. Amen. When he stepped into his robe and everybody have to bow and say, he thought he was somebody. No, brothers and sisters, in Christ, we all somebody. And Jesus came to level the playing field. Religious people don't like that. <laughs> oh God, I give you praise. How many of you thank God for Jesus? Yes. Well, we make a, we make a, we make a. And says, you know, sadly, sadly, let me tell you what is sad. Sadly, there are people in church like that today. They love God, but not Jesus and the Word. Oh, they love. The, I have nothing against the Old Testament. Nothing, nothing. That's foundation. You need to know it. But we need to move on. You. How would it look that how would it look for a builder a builder to say I'm going to build a house and he builds the foundation and move out? <laughs> That's what the Old Testament folks are. Just a foundation? Is there life necessarily in a foundation? No. You need to build a house, then people come in and leave, and there is a family, then you got something going on. The foundation is a crucial part. You don't you don't even really see it. But guess what? You got to stand on it. No foundation, everything is crumbling down. But let's not, let, let's not just stay at the foundation level. Let's move on. And that's what Stephen is saying. That's what God is trying to get to the people back then and even to us. 
even to us now a lot of people are not personal with Jesus being personal with Jesus is building the house many of us we haven't built a house Jesus said it in Matthew 7 he said if you build your house on the words I just spoke in Matthew chapter 5 6 and 7 he said if you build a house the rain will come you remember when he said that uh, you go to and check it out I, I haven't got time to talk about that but you know what I'm talking about don't just leave the foundation build a house on the principles and the doctrines of God's word and so that's what we need to do in these last days everything is coming build that house we do not know what the devil is going to throw at us the next time I'm saying build a house build a house build a house oh glory be to Jesus I'm not sure about you but I listen to a lot a lot of preaching I listen to a lot of preaching and I listen to a lot of radio programs where people call to ask questions and it's so sad because uh, some of these individuals who who answer the questions some of them would even wouldn't even dare they wouldn't even dare mention the name of Jesus they wouldn't even dare I, I, you, you, they, they wouldn't even speak to the sums in their lives and say be muzzled in Jesus's name the phrase the name of Jesus is too awkward for some of them to say well guess what in Acts chapter 3 when the people began to marvel and wonder at the healing of the man who was lame from his mother's womb for 40 years Peter stepped in and explained how this man got healed in Acts chapter 3 verse 16 Acts 3 verse 16 he said to them this man got healed in his name in Jesus' name are you in Jesus' name through faith in his name <laughs> in his name this man was made strong what he was saying is Peter took time he didn't stay Peter did not stay at the foundation level Peter built a house and when he built a house he was able to rescue somebody who was Abasa. are you getting me sense when you take time to build your Christian house and Jesus is in that house when you go places you are you are a help and a comfort a deliverer to people that's why I say build the house build the house and so and so the, he continued here let's just finish with the verse because reading the word is so good amen <laughs> And he said, he said, hath made this man strong whom you see and know. He said, you know him. You know he was a cripple. Amen. And the faith which is by Jesus hath given him, this man, this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And for those of you, those of you who are looking and you're wondering and saying, well, he just said the name. Let me show you what name he was talking about. Jump over to Acts chapter 4 verse 10. Acts chapter 4 verse 10. Amen. Peter is continuing he said be it known unto you all those of you wondering the name I'm talking about who is that name and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified whom God raised from the dead even by him this man stand before you whole <laughs> Oh, glory be to Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus. 
Man, it breaks my heart when I hear. I was listening just a week or two ago to one of the same radio stations, Christian radio station. And somebody called in and said, where did some of these charismatic, they call them charismatic preachers and prosperity people. That's what they call us. They didn't realize in 3 John chapter 1 verse, verse 1 and 2, the Holy Spirit through John said, Beloved, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Jump over to uh, um, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein there now to observe and to do one in Then He said, then you shall make your way prosperous. So when people call these guys on the stat, you know, you know, it hurts my heart. What has happened to us as Christians? What has happened to us? The same words are in the Bible. God said, it's my will that you prosper and be in health. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. The problem is everything else is in our mouth except the book of the law. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. And so, and so let me just continue. The, the lady called and she's asking, where, where do these charismatics get, uh, uh, you know, Come up, where did they come up with the idea of rebuking Satan and using the phrase in the name of Jesus? And I pulled over to listen to what the preacher would tell her. And I pulled over to see if life was going to be given. And what I heard, tears came from my eyes. He said, Well, he said, We should only tell Satan what the Lord, that the Lord rebuke you. Like Michael told. Satan, you remember, can you go to Jude chapter 1 verse 9? Jude chapter 1 verse 9. I want to tell that because you're going to hear that somewhere, somewhere, somehow. You're, go, you're going to hear somebody who's interested in history. Jewish history only talk like that. Amen, I have nothing against Jewish history. You hear me? I believe it should, be con I believe it should converge in Jesus Christ. That's when it's complete. I mean, so don't you quote me and say I don't like Jewish history. No. Brother, I've immersed myself in Old Testament. Are you with me? Because I know that's foundation. But I didn't just stay there. He said, Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, does not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuked thee. So she's, he's telling the, the young lady, You cannot tell the devil. Oh, the devil is a powerful being. You cannot tell him. And he's saying, he said, what we, the best we can do is tell the devil the Lord rebuke you like Michael did. Michael couldn't use the name of Jesus because Jesus just didn't die for Michael. Right. Michael is an angel. Right. Jesus died for us. Then he said, in my name. Why couldn't he tell her that? The tears began to run down from my eyes. Because I know millions are listening to that. He did not die for an angel. Angels doesn't have the authority to use the name of Jesus. Oh, glory. But we do. Glory be to Jesus. And, and, and then she said, what about where they use in the name of Jesus? And I'm waiting to see if life can be given. And he said, no, that, 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 you know, you don't do that. 
The phrase in the name of Jesus is in the Bible numerous times. The Bible says in James chapter 4, it says, can you go to James chapter 4 verse 7? I'm talking too fast. James chapter 4, it says, submit yourself therefore to God. Then it says what? No, no, let, let's back up a bit. The suggested subject verb there is you. It is not there, but it's supposed to be you. You resist the devil. Are you with me, saints? It's not telling God to do that. You resist the devil. How are you going to do that? It's saying the Lord rebuke you. No, you don't tell God to do what he told you to do. Think about it, saints. And millions are listening. It's a shame. Even some of us Christians would never use the name of Jesus at the house. You ask the ordinary spouse who lives together. Have you heard, ever heard your spouse say, Devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus? No, no, no. But he's in the house doing all kind of mess. And they wouldn't dare talk to him. The Bible says, You resist the devil and he will flee. If you tell him to leave, he will flee. On the authority of God's word. How many of you know God's word never lies? Numbers 23, 19. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man. I'm talking too fast. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie. If God tells you when you open up your mouth and resist the devil, you don't think when you resist. You talk. You do like Jesus. Jesus came into the boat and he told the storm, be muzzled. That's the Greek. In the English, be, be, uh, be still. He said, peace be still. But the Greek is, be muzzled. Something was talking somewhere. And he said, close your mouth. <laughs> oh, we wouldn't do that. <laughs> you see, we are too educated. You know, we've moved out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the house upside down because the devil is everywhere we would not say devil in the name of Jesus <laughs> let me tell you Paul used the name of Jesus let's go to Acts chapter 16 verse 18 let's see what Paul did I think it's in you don't yeah, Acts chapter 16 Paul was in Macedonia I think in Philippi and he was every day there was a, a young girl who was demon possessed with the spirit of divination how many of you remember the text she was walking around saying these men are from the lord these men are from the lord and what the devil is trying to do he's trying to convince people that paul and the girl they're together now they know she's demon possessed so if he can get the people to believe well you know, she and Paul is together. They might just think Paul himself is demon, is demon possessed. That is what the devil is trying to do. And I, for, I kept saying, how did Paul allow that to go on for a couple of days? <laughs> how, how can you, are you with me saying, you allow that? Look right here. Not, uh, did I give the text? Acts chapter 16 and verse 18. Sorry about that. Yeah, Acts 16. Sorry about that. Acts chapter 16 verse 18. And this... She did many, can you back up, can you go, go to verse, can you go to verse 16, thank you so much, verse 16, let's go to verse 16, let's see, you know, we're in church, let's just read it, read it, is that alright? Praise the Lord, in the meantime, I'll take a little breath, <laughs> amen, <laughs> praise God, 
He said, and it came to pass, Acts 16, 16, as we went to pray, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Brothers and sisters, if you go on, my wife was telling me on Facebook now, everybody's coming out. You have little witches with tarot cards. With tarot cards now, because they realize Christians are afraid to come out. Everybody's coming out, except us Christians. I can move on further and press that, but I'll leave that right there. Amen. No, they, they're coming out everywhere. They have their cards on, on, on Facebook. Young ladies trying to give a word from the devil. And when we Christians come and we, ex we express ourselves, people are telling us on Facebook, oh, you're too super spiritual. But <laughs> Isn't that something? When you talk about your, when you affirm your dependence on God and said in Psalms chapter 91, it says he who dwells in the sacred place of the most high shall abide. And when you say because I abide, I can say that people say, oh, you're too religious. When you affirm your dependence on God, the devil is a liar. Just a bunch of bad news on Facebook. This and that and this and that. Not one piece of good news. Sickens me if you hear me. Glory be to Jesus. And so we are told here, the same followed Paul and us and cried saying, these men are the servants of the Most High. For days she was following them and people are hearing her saying, these men are servants of the Most High. And people are saying, oh, they are together. <laughs> That's what the devil wants. Which they show unto us, which show unto us the way of salvation. Can you hear, are you hear what she's saying? She's saying these men, servants of the most high God, they come to show us the way of salvation. We are all together as one big family. We and the devil. And Paul said, oh ho, I see what the devil is trying to do. Can you go to verse 18? This she did many days, but Paul being grieved turned and said to the spirit I command you in what in the name of Jesus Christ he didn't say in the name of God when he used in the name of Jesus Christ God is inferred but God is making a point Jesus came and died on the cross so we've got to use the name of Jesus Paul didn't use in the Paul could have said in the name of God but that's not the command God gave us it's in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and he came the he is a demon a male demon she's <laughs> you talk about being low these these creatures these demons are low they're just low the lowest of the low excuse me sir ah <laughs> uh, so that's why since we've got to be very careful and that is what Stephen, Stephen knew about that name. The Bible said Stephen did wonders. How do you think he did wonders? Great wonders among the people. It's because he used the name of Jesus. He saw the power when he released the name of Jesus in people's lives and situations. 
The man's face is, a glow, is glowing. Can you imagine? Evident to them that what he's talking about is the truth. But they cannot receive it. The Bible said this about the human heart. It is desperately wicked. Who can do it? <laughs> I'm going to say that, say that one thing. I'm going to close. I'll leave, I'll leave the rest for next week. Amen? Some of you are saying, give me more pastor. I want to. Look, I got 15, I got 15 pages. I'm, I'm on page six. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. <laughs> of these men, these men, and I'm saying this because I don't want us to fall into that trap. These men, or these Christians, some of us, and some of us are not even aware of that. That's how we are. I asked a particular Christian, can you step back three, four months and tell me when last you use in the name of Jesus? And the person couldn't say. It... <laughs> Lord, I give you praise. Saddening. But it's not our fault. Amen? You only do as you are taught. Amen? Of these men, these men, like the 35, like the 70, and some of us who are in Christendom for a long time, who love history, this is what the Holy Spirit told us about these men. The Holy Spirit used Paul to speak to his protege, Timothy. And this is what he said in 2 Timothy 3.7. I want you to put this scripture verse on. I have, you, I have been, this scripture verse has kept me. It has been a God for me. Can you go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 7? He said, these men, they are ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. In my learning, I want to ensure. Anytime I open the Bible and I break it open for a couple hours, I'm saying, God, I'm sitting to learn, but I'm more interested in the truth. These men learning history, they have no truth. And let me bring, let me bring it further. Jesus said, I am the way. Who is the truth? They know nothing about Jesus. And that's many of us. <laughs> oh God, we give the praise. Can you imagine standing before? And I can, I'm just standing and trying to put myself in Stephen's place. I, my heart would go out for these men. Spend all their lives studying history and have no idea how to put it to work they lack the means of making it work for them Christianity is not a club it is a place where you advance your life the Bible says that the sins in can you go to Hebrews chapter 4 I think oh Jesus help me I think it's it says maybe it's Hebrews chapter 4 how did that text slip me it says that they did not mix it with faith Yes. How did I miss that? Can you imagine? Because the, 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 he says, let us be, let us be. Oh my God. What, what, what text it is? Hebrews chapter 4. Yes, I Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1. I know chapter 4. Let's go to verse 1. Let's go to verse 1. It says... 
hold on, hold on, stay right there, stay right there. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being what? Mixed with faith in them that hear it. And that's where most of them are. They had not mixed what they heard with faith. They came to the synagogue, learned and just went, don't put the book down, you know, and that's it. Praise the Lord. We just talk about it. Amen. Everybody get happy. <laughs> the Christian life. Jesus didn't come just to be the propitiation for our sins. Hmm? Healing is in the atonement. Are you getting what I'm saying? Salvation is a package. It's a package. It has healing, deliverance, uh, prosperity. It's a package. And so we need to know that. Let's not just talk about the history. Let's get into the package. That's what we need to do. So people, sometimes the real Jesus has just got to stand up. Anyhow, since what I'm going to do, I'm going to continue next week. But I really need you to... As we, as we, I knew I could only introduce this chapter because there is so much information in this chapter that we need to go through and, and um, extract so we could live a victorious Christian life. Amen? How many of you are interested in living a victorious Christian life? Amen? Brothers and sisters, now is the time. You know what's happening in our current, you know what's going on now? Amen. God knows what's going to, we do not know what's, we do not know what's going to happen next. What we can do now is position ourselves for anything worse. And that's why we have to build our Christian life properly. Amen. Get the new concepts. Embrace the new teachings and sound doctrine. Don't settle for anything less. Be proactive. Are you with me? Take some time. You know, and get in there and praise God and have a ball. Call somebody. Let's go read. You know what I'm saying? Make it fun. Because the teacher is waiting. The teacher is waiting. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. We give you praise. Can you just, thank, can you just raise your hands and thank the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Stephen standing, Father. And show us, Father, that we can do the same. We bless your name. We magnify your name. We glorify your name. We exalt and extol thee. Thank you for the name of Jesus. Thank you for the name of Jesus. Oh, we are not left without power. God, we got the name of Jesus. We're not left without, without help. We've got the name of Jesus. Thank you for the book of Acts. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we bless your name. We bless your name. We glorify your name. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, God is a good God. God is a good God. God is a good God. Hallelujah. If you're looking with us today and you're not saved, then <laughs> glory be to Jesus. And the Christian Christianity has not worked out for you. I should. You're, you're even beginning to doubt to a certain extent whether you should still continue being a Christian. Let me share with this with you, brothers. If you're looking, Christianity is for real. It'll work if you work it. If you work it, it'll work. 
do this for me let's agree to accept Christ and then grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ glory be to Jesus pray this prayer with me say Heavenly Father thank you for sending Jesus to be the propitiation for my sins I accept him as Lord and Savior and I promise to grow and not remain static thank you for him in Jesus' name amen amen praise the lord hallelujah. hallelujah since you know one of the problems in christendom is we stop growing and when you stop growing you get staticky is that a word <laughs> yeah you get staticky praise god <laughs> you got to continue growing amen if you stop growing it means you're dying yes yes oh father we thank you let's get ready to worship the lord with our giving amen hallelujah since how many of you Let's agree that we are going to grow. We're going to decide to grow. Let, let's, can we just agree? We're going to grow. Amen. We're going to make studying the word of God a priority. Praise God. And use the name of Jesus on anything that moves that doesn't look right. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. That's where the power is. Amen. Lay my hands. Um, countless times I've laid my hands on myself. I'm, the word works if you work it. Glory be to Jesus. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to give. Let's get ready to worship the Lord with our givings. Amen. Do we have our proclamation? Amen. Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life lies in the power of the tongue. So can we put some power on the words right now? Is that all right? Glory be to Jesus. Amen. I'm going to lift up my, what the Lord has blessed us with to give back. Let us say together after three. Two, three. Father, I thank and worship you with my tithes and offerings. It is the first fruits of what you have given me. I, I claim the windows of heaven's blessings and thank you that the doors of opportunity are opening for me and my family now. I give, therefore I always have all sufficiency in all things. An influence of it. According to Luke 6, 38. Good measure, pressed down. Because we give tithes and offerings, we believe we receive jobs, better jobs, raises, bonuses, sales and commissions, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, checks in the mail, lost money found, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received. Thank you, Father. My every need is supplied according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Father, your word says, my giving increases the fruit of righteousness. So I thank you for an abundance of love, joy, peace, temperance, goodness in my life. I thank you, Lord, that you've rebuked Satan for my sake. And I stand in agreement with your word that he'll not destroy my land. He'll not destroy my blessing. He'll not destroy my crop in the field. That heaven's unlimited resources are mine in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you notice in here, God said he'll rebuke the devil himself. He only says that. He said, I, when you give, I will ensure that he will not touch your money. That's what he said. 
He said, no, you, you have the ability to speak. But he said, when? He said, I will rebuke him. Me. Glory be to Jesus. Now you can do your rebuking, but when you do that, I'm coming myself. That's a double guarantee. Isn't that a blessing? Oh, glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.